0: The National Association for Primary Education has an SEND conference in association with the University of Bedfordshire on the 26th of April 2024. This is a hybrid event and available to anybody in person or online. Please go to nape.org.uk for more information. That's nape.org.uk. I'm delighted to share I am now delivering podcast training courses for the London School of Public Relations. The One Day Essentials of Podcasting Certificated Short Course is highly practical and packed full of useful information to get you on the road to producing your own professional podcasts. The podcast course will help you to create, edit, deliver and promote your podcast. The course also provides useful tips and tricks on producing professional and effective results. So you can find out about these in-person and online training courses at educationonfire.com forward slash L-S-P-R. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you to everyone who's been sharing the show. I really do appreciate it. It makes such a big difference to, to the reach of the podcast and obviously the more people we reach, the more positivity and influence that we can have by sharing some of these amazing stories with the, the guests that are prepared to come and, and be part of this show. Now today I'm delighted to be chatting to Jason Dietrich. Now, Jason is a certified NASA STEM educator and his story and the, the way he's found his way into this world is quite something I think inspirational for so many people who will be listening there are so many takeaways from this but I think the main one for me is the fact that we do talk about grading and how this is something which isn't at the centre of what Jason has been doing as an educator and certainly not as part of the Virginia Space Flight Academy which is the thing that he's going to be talking about and how you can get involved in such an amazing opportunity and how space travel in NASA is at the heart of everything that we know as a a society in terms of going to the moon, going to Mars and what this might look like going forward and STEM is at the heart of this. So I really hope you we enjoy this conversation. It's been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much to Jason, and we're going to be chatting about the Virginia Space Flight Academy. Hi, Jason. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. I think as soon as you people hear the words NASA um, and f- space flight and the world of uh, possibility <laughs> from that point of view, I think they're going to get very excited. So I'm really, really pleased that you're going to hear it and and be able to sort of take us into this sort of magical world. I mean, there'll be lots of young people excited about it, but I think certainly some, some older people as well. So yeah, so Jason, thanks so much for being here.
1: Oh, uh, thank you so much, Mark, for having me. I'm very excited to be on and to share my story, and it's an honor to be here. So, Take us on on that journey.
0: I mean, were you as excited as a sort of a young boy when those words of sort of NASA and the idea of space and all that came about? And then what were those steps to actually make that a reality?
1: Yeah, that's a wonderful question, Mark. And I do have to say it all goes back to uh, when I was five years old. Uh, This takes me, you know, way back, you know, I'm 27 years old currently. And when I think back to when I'm five years old, I think, you know, it's way back in the stone ages, uh, you know, because that was such a long time ago. But uh, when I was five years old, I was diagnosed with hyperlexia which is a form of autism. And for those of your viewers that are listening right now who don't know what hyperlexia is, hyperlexia is a branch of autism. And anybody who has hyperlexia has the ability to read at such a high level. Uh, When I was in kindergarten, I was reading equivalent to a fifth grader and my parents were absolutely astonished that I could read at such a high level. And What they did was they took it a step further where they thought that because I was able to read at such a high level, they said he might be able to comprehend what he's reading if he's able to read at such a high level. So then they started asking me, hey, Jason, what does this particular word or phrase mean? Are you able to comprehend this? And I remember oftentimes saying, "Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So someone with hyperlexia is able to read at such a high level, but they struggle with reading comprehension. And I remember early on in my educational journey, especially in elementary school, I had teachers who were not very supportive of my skill sets and abilities. They unfortunately never showed me the time nor the effort that I needed in order to thrive both personally, academically, and even mentally in the classroom. And, you know, Mark, there was one teacher who I remember having in elementary school who wrote a completely wrong evaluation about my skill sets and my abilities that when I transitioned on to middle school, my, all of my middle school teachers were like, who is this kid? This isn't Jason at all. This is a totally different kid. And What my middle school teachers recognized was was they saw that I didn't get the help and experience that was essential for me to thrive in elementary school. But my middle school teachers sat me down. They saw that I struggled with hyperlexia, and they helped me to discover, Mark, hidden talents I never even knew I possessed. And I remember I was introduced to STEM topics such as astronomy, Earth science, even chemistry, and I was hooked. STEM is very hands on, and I liked all the hands on activities and visual thinking because I learned best through visual aid. And I realized, Mark, that STEM provided multiple highways of opportunity and engagement. So it was, you know, thanks to my middle school teachers, they helped me to create the spark inside my head to pursue STEM. And they actually helped to give me wings because in middle school, I was starting to fly high in the sky, whereas compared to elementary school, I was just low on the ground and very depressed and I just, because I didn't have a whole lot of support. So in relation to my middle school teachers, they even helped me to discover Talents in music. I am also a musician. I'm a clarinet player and also a vocalist. I know you couldn't really do that during COVID, but now that we're out of it, thank goodness, uh, we're getting back into the arts, which is great. So, but they helped me to recognize that hyperlexia is a superpower, it's a massive strength for you. And based on my current work at NASA, That's what enabled me to recognize that this is a gift that I need to pass down to the next generation and really emphasize to those that as long as you are creative, NASA is the place for you. And just because you have a disability, right, that doesn't mean that you should be judged. Disability is negative, and what I'm trying to change society's perspective on is the overall concept of disability. I have a special ability, and it's a superpower. And I'm very grateful that I have this superpower because it's led me to achieve such wonderful things at NASA. Mm-hmm. And you
0: sort of talk about it there. Does the does the label does the the kind of the the sense that I have something whatever I mean whatever that happens to be you know from that point of view. Is that important in terms of framing who you then think you are and what the possibilities are, and like say what those superpowers are? Or from what you were sort of saying about your teachers, it was more the fact that they saw you, label or not, or diagnosis or not, to be able to kind of give you those wings, as you mentioned. And I am just curious, as someone who's sort of been through that journey, it, you know. How does that label work, good, bad, or indifferent? And how important is it in order to then sort of structure how you sort of move forward?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Mark. Well, that's a great question. Well, I know that hyperlexia is a part of the Individuals with Disabilities Act here in the United States. Uh, The Individuals with Disabilities Act was created by former President George Herbert Walker Bush. And then his son, George W. Bush, our 43rd president of the United States, expanded on it even further. So hyperlexia is involved with the Individuals with Disabilities Act. But in terms of being labeled in elementary school, based on my experiences, Mark, I was uh, given that label early on, but it was just because my teachers didn't really show a lot of enthusiasm or interest in terms of getting to know me and my skill sets. And, you know, look, we have... We have teachers that, you know, don't care. Uh, We always run into it. And that's in every profession. You're always going to run into someone who's going to label you or who's going to put you down or like knock you down, hopefully not literally, but, you know, through a figurative of speech. Right. And, you know, but. You just have to get yourself back up and you just have to find the right people who support you and who can inspire, motivate and engage you. And it was thanks to my middle school teachers and even my high school teachers as well, who, again, got me away from the label of hyperlexia and they helped me to see that this is who I am. Because God put us on this earth as a special child that he envisioned and created in relation to the impact that he wanted us to make for our time on earth. So based on all of the ideas that I get inside of my head as through my imagination, I know that is God talking because he has a big plan for myself and for all of us here on earth. So... In relation to it, you know, there's this one quote that I always listen to and think about from Albert Einstein, where he says that imagination is everything. It's the preview to life's coming attractions. And if you think about it, that's a pretty true statement, because anything that you can think of, as long as you are creative and you are caring, compassionate and a great communicator, those are the four C's that I value and that are essential for STEM engagement. You can really go far. So there's a lot more to you know just being labeled with a disability. You never know what sort of gifts can come about in relation to that. And you know instead of looking at the negatives we need to start looking at, you know, how that disability or special ability or superpower, if you will, can really help to engage and motivate someone to pursue their ultimate career goals in life. And that's what my middle school and high school teachers helped me to see. And that's what they enabled me to pursue such a cool opportunity of getting to NASA.
0: And I guess it's really that sense of everything is only a superpower or a disability based on where you find that middle ground isn't it because you know the majority of people in inverted commas this is kind of where the majority are and therefore if you want to be you know labeled in terms of that sort of disability or having a superpower it's only in relation to everybody else and it also then depends on what like I say those circle of friends are you know you could if you you know I, I love your sort of um Sort of reference there to music as a musician myself. You know, if you're in a sports team and you're struggling, then what does that say about your superpower, generally speaking? Whereas if you're a musician and you know that all your friends in an orchestra or, or creating music are all there supporting you, you're going to feel like a fish out of water in the sports team than you are in the music team. And like I say, it's finding your tribe, it's trying to find the people that are doing it. And I would imagine that for anybody listening, once you kind of realize it doesn't matter who you are or where you are it's more the people that you're with and how you step in to like I say to support yourself whatever your skill set is and whatever your superpower is then that's only going to be uh, a self-fulfilling prophecy in in, in that positive way
1: Oh, absolutely, Mark. I I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, something else to add on to it, you know, in relation to like you were saying, uh, you know, if you wanted to just do uh, what your friends are doing and, you know, only what uh, your friends want you to do, that's often uh, very difficult and it can leave you, you know, wondering who you are. And, you know, one of the biggest challenges that we face uh, currently today as a society is Even though technology has advanced and there's been so much progress in relation to the ways that we communicate, a lot of people communicate uh, nowadays through social media. And sometimes that can be good, but also sometimes it can be harmful because, you know, you can get sucked into some stereotypes that can often distract yourself and distract you from achieving the greatest potential that you were set out to achieve. And that's why, you know, in elementary school, despite all the negatives that I had in relation to, you know, teachers who are not supportive of my skill sets and abilities early on, I often spent time by myself. And I think that is very key nowadays you know, there's a lot of negativity that is going on, you know, in in the news, you know, there's the war in Ukraine that's going on. And then, you know, Israel was recently attacked by terrorists a week, week and a half ago. And, you know, as heartbreaking as that is, you know, what you have to do is, is you can't get sucked into all of that. You have to, uh, you know, not just pray for those individuals, which is what I'm doing currently now, But, you know, you also have to focus on your true objective and vision. And that's why, you know, uh, I'm not on social media very often. And that's why, you know, primarily I'm focusing on getting to know who I am and building on my skill sets and my dreams further. And once I know that, then I'm good to go and, you know, I'm all set and nothing can stop me.
0: And take us into how that sort of works. I know sort of diversity is a key part of your work, and and in, and t- in terms of giving people opportunities. Um, and it's such a broad range of of people that, that sort of come under that heading. And I think that, that the reason which I find it really fascinating, of course, is the fact that those preconceived ideas. You know, whether it's you know, like say, an academic superpower, or if it's a cultural one, or if it's a um, something you just believe I can only do this because or I should be doing this because this is my history or what my family background is or, or what I think I should be doing. Um, so how does that kind of filter into sort of the work that you're doing? And how do you sort of try and break that down in terms of giving people opportunities?
1: yeah absolutely. uh great question, Mark. So it goes back to you know my work that I currently did at the Virginia Space Flight Academy uh, this past summer, and the Virginia Space Flight Academy, for those of you that might not be as familiar with where it is. It is a local nonprofit organization that is based in Virginia on Wallops Flight Facility. It's probably about 10 to 15 minutes away from Chincoteague Island. And for anybody who is very fascinated with horses, during the summer, Chincoteague has a horses show where you get to see the horses travel across the water, even swim through the water. It's it's a very cool, very popular event. Uh, they raise a lot of money to support the horses. So that is definitely a place I would check out uh, if interested. So, but, you know, in relation to that, Mark, what we primarily do at the Virginia Space Flight Academy is, is this past summer we had six weeks of our space adventure camp where we had 36 students come to our camp each week. And it was a different group of students. Now, this was the very first time that we were at full capacity since the ripple effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. So we were very grateful that we're back at full capacity and hopefully there's no other pandemic on the horizon very soon. But what happened was, was we primarily focus on hands-on learning, and activities. So VASFA, we teach many very fascinating STEM concepts associated with drones, coding, robotics, rocketry, computer science, Earth's ocean, and many other fun and engaging STEM topics. But we really focus on the students, you know, designing rather than just lecturing. And the big thing, you know, Mark, that we do in order to promote diversity as well is is based on the work that we do at Vasa. We don't focus on letter grades. We don't grade students and say, you know, you got an A, you got a B, you got a C. No, we focus on the learning growth. We focus on collaboration, and we focus on teamwork and leadership skills. Because, Mark, there's a lot more to you. Than a letter grade. A letter grade doesn't define you. And oftentimes, you know, the judgment or the stereotypical judgment comes in because people are just looking at your letter grades. And, you know, there's a lot more to you than just a letter grade. And that's primarily what we have expressed and emphasized. And based on our work that we did with students in over 25 different states in the United States this past summer, I can honestly say that, you know, all of the students, they enjoyed our camp. It blew them away. They even got to see a rocket launch live in person, which was one of the coolest things that I have ever seen. I got to see the Antares rocket launch uh, in early August this past summer. And it was such a life-changing opportunity because just to see the rocket blast off into the sky, you could hear it and even feel the ground shaking. That just shows the next generation of opportunity that's waiting ahead that 's the message that was sent uh, from antares so but you know in relation to that mark, because we don't you know focus on grades and we focus on the real life application concepts, what happens is is that we build more of a community and we build more support and we build more collaboration because during covid we lost that sense of collaboration with all the isolation that we had. And we, we are trying to bring that back in STEM and that is very vital with STEM. You have to collaborate and you have to work together. So, and it was thanks to that, that students were coming back year after year all the way up until they were 16 years old. And we would ask them, you know, why are you coming back? This is the same curriculum, it's a little bit modified, but why are you here? It's because we love the community and it's because they love our mission and it was thanks to that and through our work through the year-round online stem academy as well um, that we were able to create such a community and i have collaborated with my other nasa stem engagement specialist friend on a video game game on module where we teach the overall concept of video game design and again grades don't matter but we do provide you know constructive feedback which enables students to not feel like that they're judged and help them to soar to new heights.
0: And how do people feel about that in terms of, of that perception of it's all about grades, it's all about a letter, because that's what you kind of hear all on the, all, all the time going through. And then here you are, you know, talking about very cool things that you assume is, are going to be literally off the chart grades, you know, you all A's and everything in order to have the facility to be able to do this sort of thing. And you're, you've done a one, 180 of kind of no, that's not what it's about, and and you know, and you're singing, you know, off the off my hymn sheet in terms of the collaboration and and the way you think and how you come together. I mean, it's just you know that's a very exciting thing. But to hear it from somebody who's working in the sort of environment you are, how how do you get that across, and how do you then get people excited about it and actually believing that that's actually true, despite however many teachers have told them that you're still looking for your A every every week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mark, that's definitely a good question and, you know, in relation to that, one of the biggest challenges that we have, you know, in education for today is is we have teachers that come from many different generations. We have teachers who have taught for the last, you know, couple of years, some even 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, even going up to 40 years, and, you know, the further you go back, the times are, were way different. You know, my grandmother was both a teacher and a principal 60 years ago, and, you know, they didn't have computers. They didn't have technology or, you know, iPhones or, you know, anything of that sort. You know, I remember my grandmother used to use a crank machine. I forget what it was called, but it was a machine that she had to really crank in order to make copies of paper. And she would often, you know, come out with, you know, oil on her skin and she would be very sweaty because it was a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. But that was the technology that they had or the machines that they had at the time. So, you know, in relation to where we are supposed to go with society, it can be tricky. Because you know those teachers that have you know, taught for 30, 40 years, they're used to it a certain way, and they're not used to all of these technological innovations. And it's not their fault. Uh, I'm not criticizing them at all. But you know, in relation to all the technological advances that we have had over the last you know, several decades, the overall use of rote memorization, especially for STEM, it doesn't work anymore you know our society's problems have become very very complex and it requires more critical thinking concepts and abilities that are essential for students to solve some of our most complex issues and problems and you know in relation to that what has to go on you know even further is is that you know in the state of Pennsylvania you know where i'm from After, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, there were some innovations that were going on, but then we just went back to the status quo, where we went back to just teaching to a standardized test. We have in the state of Pennsylvania what's known as PSSAs, and I remember taking them in middle school. I didn't like them at all. I think a lot of us can agree on that, but that was a requirement from the state at the time, and it still is. So that's why I actually left the public school teaching environment, because I couldn't use my imagination even further. But what we do at the Virginia Space Flight Academy, Mark, is is we really encourage all of our campers to use their imagination and creativity, and we also allow them to provide a true away-from-home camp experience. You know, these campers, they get the opportunity to live near a NASA base. I mean, how much more cool can you get than that? But they also get to stay in dorms where they get to collaborate with other like-minded STEM enthusiasts as well. That's what helped to build, you know, the community of trust and also enabled the scientific and STEM community to see that, oh, wow, these... Campers and students are really getting, you know, real life application concepts, not just in STEM, but in many other topics, too, like being away from home, for example, that's really going to help them to grow and to learn. You know, it's very easy to teach concepts about rocketry, coding, robotics, and even drones, you know, through a lecture. But what we did was we had students fly drones through an obstacle course. We had students code robots through mazes in order to accomplish challenging tasks. And we even had students build their own rockets and even do a rocket launch as well. Those were the concepts that helped to bring, you know, the Virginia Space Flight Academy to life. And it's our 25th year anniversary this year. And we have really grown since then. And it was thanks to, you know, that great work that it has enabled us to receive support and help to break from some of the common uh, objectives in terms of teaching to uh, in terms of just teaching to a test
0: and i think that's why i love the podcast so much it's it's hearing these conversations it's been able to sort of pass that knowledge on to people that you know not only can it look different it maybe should and certainly is important. in, like I said, because the world's very complex now. And actually, we need people who aren't just regurgitating stuff that they've been told, because while the information may well be important, <laughs> it's not necessarily going to give us the answers that we need. And that way of thinking is, 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 a, is a key way of doing that. And I, and I think that's the thing about being able to, like say, step into your superpower to sort of going full circle from what you said before, because you're only going to be doing this if you've got a passion for it, aren't you? And that's the thing, you know, everybody's different and whatever that passion happens to be, we're here talking about this specifically today. But I think that idea of, I can inherently know there's something within me which is telling me this is the direction I want to go in. Um, And, you know, careers change and opportunities come and you're never quite sure what that path is. It certainly doesn't go in that rocket kind of straight, straight line kind of idea. But what it does do is the fact that, you're never quite sure where you fit in all of these things. And I think that's the interesting thing about the way life is going. You know, it may be that you're designing parts of a rocket. It might be that you're part of the training program. It might be, like you say, it's the educational side that's bringing people in and doing that. It's not just a question of I'm learning this with this mission in mind. It's that I'm drawn to this type of way, this type of world, this information, this community, like you said, which is a massive thing for people. And then from there, you can find your little part of that world when everyone's talking off the same hymn sheet, really.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Mark, um, you made some excellent points in relation to, you know, NASA. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, NASA is just made up of, you know, aerospace engineers. No, NASA is not just made up of engineers. It's made up of people who are astronauts. It's made up of educators like myself. It's also made up of people who want to work in IT or human resources. There are definitely, you know, plenty of opportunities for someone like you who are, you know, currently listening and who are envisioning of working at a place like NASA. And, you know, just like Mark, like what you said with a rocket, obviously when you launch a mission, you, you know, you definitely want it to go like straight up and you definitely want it to be successful and not kind of go off in like a zigzag. But, you know, in relation to getting to NASA, it definitely was not a straight path for me whatsoever. Uh, It was multiple different zigzags, and I'm not even sure what kind of a path I would draw out of that. But, you know, there's a lot of, you know, trial and error that you have to go through, but you have to be willing to put in the work as well. So that's something that you have to realize and understand as well. It's one thing to have, you know, the passion and the fire and the drive, but you got to be willing to put in the effort and that time will come that time will come. And you also have to have faith too. you know, like I said, everything that has been coming into my imagination, that's from God, you have to believe in him. And you have to trust that he's going to guide you. And you just have to ask him, you know, for guidance. And, you know, thanks to where I currently am today, I have to credit him because I, you know, despite some of the times where I'm like, Oh, my gosh, this is still never going to happen. I sometimes never believed that I was going to be at NASA. Well, here I am. And, you know, I'm dreaming even bigger as a result of that. So just make sure that, you know, you just have to put in the work, and then you'll be very successful.
0: Yeah, it's a really important point that I think the the two sides of that coin, you'd like to say the passion side and the wanting to do it. But the work goes in as well, you know, as a musician, you know, the 10,000 hour rule is pretty much there, you know, I, mean, I can be all the passion, I'll have all the passion that I like on there. But that still isn't going to give me the skill set and the knowledge and the understanding when I step into an orchestra or, or try or try and play something without all of that kind of skill set done because I've put the hours in. And, um, and I think, I think that's where the two things then start to hold their, their hands because you're prepared to do it and you're able to do it because of that passion. And I think that goes back to what you were saying about school and the teachers and and how those people frame all these things and, and how you learn, because, when you can sort of see the bigger picture and when it's relevant to you when it's relevant to your community or certainly relevant to your dreams and your creativity like you said and what you can imagine then you can see the next step and putting that effort in is then worth it for the journey as well as the outcome because like i say you're never quite sure where that's that's going to be so take us a little bit into into like i said you know what are the plans for the future you know what 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 does that sort of career look like and, and and what are those opportunities
1: yeah absolutely great question mark so in relation to what nasa is currently working on uh right now our biggest you know objective is is we are trying to not just go back to the moon but we are really trying to go back to mars and we have many different aerospace companies as well not just nasa but we also have companies in the united states like spacex blue origin, virgin galactic and you know many others that are making important stem contributions as well. So I want your viewers to know and understand that you know NASA that is a very cool place and opportunity for you to get involved with but there are also many other cool innovative space industries you know in the United States of America that are actually making a difference and an impact uh, as well. And a lot of them are working towards the common purpose of, you know, going to the moon and going to Mars. And, you know, by the way, I definitely dream of becoming an astronaut one day where I would love to go to the moon and I would love to go to Mars. And I know, Mark, you can't tell uh, for me just sitting here right now, but I am 6'4", 6'5". So I'm a pretty tall guy. So once they assemble a capsule that, you know, can fit or accommodate someone based on my height, then... I'll be good to go. So, but I'm definitely going to be someone who advocates for that for sure. So, uh, but in addition to that, I was, you know, recently offered a science communications intern position uh this past afternoon with SSAI. And for those of you that might not know what SSAI stands for, SSAI stands for Science Systems and Applications Incorporation. They are also another contracting agency that works within companies like NASA and even the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA as well. So NASA is made up of multiple different contracting agencies where you can work just about anywhere. So, But what we are trying to do, Mark, through SSAI is is we are trying to communicate STEM, not just to those that are experienced in STEM or who are passionate in STEM, but we are trying to communicate STEM to viewers that might not understand STEM as well, but we would tailor it towards the language that they best understand. Our goal in the next couple of years is to make SSAI one of the top STEM companies out there in the United States. And SSAI is currently ranked one of the best companies to work, especially in the Virginia area, and they were ranked you know, ninth. By the Washington Post as well. I mean, that's a huge deal. That just shows that SSAI is incredibly passionate about their employees and treats them very well. So, but what we're trying to do, Mark, is, is we are trying to communicate through many different, you know, advertising platforms, you know, like social media. We're trying to promote STEM engagement to a wide variety and a global audience. And as a result of that, we'll better be able to broaden our outreach and we'll be able to make more of an impact in STEM. And I am very excited and very honored that I got this position. And, you know, I, I can't wait to start, which will be this Friday.
0: Fantastic. Well, congratulations, first of all. Um, Thank you. And and take me into, if, if there are people listening who aren't based in, in the US, um, how does that work? You know, I'd I'd like to be at NASA or, you know, like, say, any of these um, organizations and companies that are supporting in this type of field. Um, how does that work on a, on a global sense? Um, and, and kind of, of like I say, it's not necessarily a direct route in, but ha- give us some of your experiences about the sort of people that, that work there, like, I say, just not in that local vicinity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great question, Mark. Well, in relation to, you know, anybody who's interested, you know, overseas who wants to work at a place like NASA uh, or, you know, SpaceX or Blue Origin, I know some of those companies only hire US citizens at this particular time. However, there is this one aerospace company. It's called Rocket Lab, who is actually one of Virginia Space Flight Academy's partners. And they were a recently developed aerospace company. And it was developed by entrepreneur Peter Beck, who is based, I I believe, out in the New Zealand area, Auckland, New Zealand. And what happened is, is with Rocket Lab, they have many different facilities. One of their main facilities is in New Zealand, but I believe they also have another facility out in England. Uh, out in, like, near the London area. So, you know, in relation to the company sizes, they have facilities all, you know, not just throughout the United States, but some of the aerospace companies have facilities all throughout the world. And, you know, we are definitely expanding upon, you know, that outreach even further. And one of the cool things that the Virginia Space Flight Academy is doing is is we also offer a year-round online STEM academy for students in grades two through eight. And what's very beneficial through our STEM academy is, is anybody who is interested in STEM can participate in any of our modules, including the Video Game Design Game On module, which I am co-teaching with my other NASA STEM engagement specialist friend. But in addition to that, you can learn it from the comfort of your own home. So, you know, you can learn virtually basically anywhere that you want to. Now, you know, in relation to that, obviously, you know, the bigger that you go and, you know, the other countries uh, that you try to expand out to, obviously, there might be some limitations in terms of, you know, exporting like some packages, you know, that sort of a thing overseas, you know, there's some complicated work that goes into that. But you just have to look at, you know, the size of the company itself. But I would say for those that are really interested in, you know, the space industry and are really interested in working at like an aerospace company uh, like NASA, there's many other affiliates. And I would check out Rocket Lab as one of the places because they have facilities in different areas of the world. And I think that would be a very cool place or avenue to start.
0: And I really love that because it's that kind of like you say, you found your passion, you found what you think might be a direction you'd like to go in and then what's the next step because that's all you can know because like you say you know it might be that we can't go direct from a to b in that particular company like I say because they're you know it's u.s based or state based or whatever it happens to be but there will be somewhere and that like you said before so eloquently is you know whatever your journey is whatever your path is just be accepting of of where that is and allow that to kind of develop and at that point It all kind of takes the pressure off it a little bit, I think, because it's normally when you have that sense of, I need it to look like this. And if it looks like this, that I'm doing well. It's a bit like I need the straight A's. I know if I've done that, I've worked hard and I've got everything I need and everything will be hunky dory, which we know isn't the case either. But stripping all that back to kind of, you know, I want to be working in this environment with these types of people thinking this way. We're part of this community be able to be expansive studying this, like say STEM or whatever it is that you're kind of really wanting to step into then it's a different feeling but it's a very sort of all-consuming one in a positive way and I think if you're already thinking in that way like say the right path and the right opportunities will, will be there for you to discover as in, as in when they, they come up. Um, You mentioned before about your sort of middle grade teachers Um, so is there anything else related to the your education that you That you'd like to share, whether it's a teacher or an experience. And I'm sort of key to sort of understand how you sort of bring any of that into sort of the the educational side of the work that you're doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Mark. That's a wonderful question. So, um, one of the big things that I did, you know, in middle school that really helped me to pursue, you know, STEM was, you know, not just, you know, getting introduced to astronomy, chemistry, and the earth science subjects. But it was also, you know, engaging like a scientist. My middle school teachers were, again, incredibly supportive compared to, you know, my elementary school teachers. And, you know, everybody learns from their good teachers, and their not so good teachers. But, you know, in middle school, what happened was, I remember I did an astronomy project, where I had to go outside for two weeks, just about And what I had to do was, was I had to look up at the night sky and I had to take a look at the stars and map out the constellations that were present. And I also had to draw them out to the best of my ability as well. Now, sometimes you had the occasional cloud cover, which, you know, did interfere with, you know, the stars or the constellations that you saw. Unfortunately, you know, there's really nothing you can do about that. And but you had to document it as well if there was cloud cover. So, but in relation to that, I really enjoyed, Mark, you know, looking through a telescope and, you know, really gazing and ooing and awing at like how bright the stars are in the sky and like how far they are, you know, in many distant galaxies that we don't even know about quite yet. You know, space is so vast. You know, there are so many cool, you know, opportunities that, you know, we can discover that can help us to better understand how life on Earth as we know it came to be. But we still have to explore it because it's so far away from here. But, you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed was being and acting like a scientist. You know, and my mom did it with me, too. And there were a couple of times since it was like so dark at night, you know, where we would go down the steps, we would miss a step, you know, and we'd be falling on each other. And, you know, but we would get ourselves back up uh, and, you know, we would continue through that aspect. But that's what really propelled me, Mark, to pursue STEM even further. And I remember, you know, in college, another highlighted experience I wanted to share was was I was a part of the Millennium Fellowship experience where I helped to advance the United Nations 17 global sustainable development goals that are really trying to promote a better tomorrow and to really help solve by the year 2030. And I remember traveling around to local K through 12 schools where I interacted with both students and educators and educated them about the sustainable development goals, including climate change and STEM participation and awareness. And it was, you know, thanks to that great work that myself and the university that I was at became a member of the Gold Star Program. We were designated a gold standard program based on the United Nations, and that was a huge honor. And I even got invited to speak at the United Nations headquarters in New York City on global sustainability initiative goals and climate change and STEM education and awareness. And I interacted with world leaders, politicians, uh, government officials, you know, and many other leaders from many different countries around the world who are trying to make a positive difference and impact for themselves and the betterment of our society. And as a result of that experience, Mark, That was such a life-changing experience and opportunity that really propelled me even further to pursue STEM. So I knew I was on the right path, you know, thanks to that experience. And, you know, since I'm a good motivational speaker as well, you know, that really inspired me to pursue an opportunity to not only motivationally speak about a topic that I'm passionate about, but to really help to inspire, engage, motivate, and help revolutionize the state standards in order to achieve great success for our next generation
0: yeah i love that and it's great to be able to see that kind of whole arc like i say of that younger experience and taking it through to its sort of well i say fruition you know you're not stopped yet but that kind of you know full full circle to where you are at the moment um what was the best piece of advice you've ever been given or indeed is there a piece of advice you'd sort of give your younger jason now looking back
1: wow that that's a very good question i would probably say the Best advice that I ever received uh, throughout uh, my lifetime or, you know, what I would tell my younger self is, is if you have a dream or a vision or an idea that you think is absolutely golden. Try to keep it to yourself. Don't go telling, you know, everybody that you know, because, you know, what's going to happen is, is you could run the risk of somebody saying, oh, that idea is never going to work. You know, you're never going to be an astronaut. You're never going to be an entrepreneur. You know, you're never going to be successful. That sort of a thing. And, you know, like I said, Mark, some people will support you. Some people won't. And you're always going to run into somebody who, you know, is just going to try to tear you down. But what you just have to do is, is if you have an idea inside your imagination, go ahead and pursue it, but really find some like-minded people who are going to inspire you and motivate you even further and not put you down, because you have to partner with the right people. And it's not just about you know STEM engagement and outreach, but it's also about the community as well. You have to love both. And if you don't like one or the other, then you know you're really going to be miserable. And you're really not going to make a difference or an impact. So it's based on, you know, those ideas that I get inside my head that, you know, it's essential to not only keep it to myself, but you also have to go for it. You know, one of the biggest things that, you know, people fear the most in relation towards not wanting to pursue their dreams or career goals is because they are fear, they are scared of failure. And they are also scared of success. You know, what if I do if I can't handle it? Those, Mark, are not risk takers. You know, when you pursue a dream or a career path, it's not a straight path. It's many different zigzags. And obviously, you know, you are going to fail at something. But failure is not something to be afraid of. Failure is a way to help you to get back up, learn, learn, So that way you can go on a truly new, different path and you're, you can still get towards your dream. So, you know, in relation to that, something else I would say is, is, you know, don't be afraid of failure, but then also too, don't be afraid to put in the work either, because if you're going to just, you know, be sitting around and thinking that the dream is going to come to you like this, then you know, you're wasting your time, you're not going to do yourself any favors just by sitting around, you have to get up and you have to get going. And you know, you have to stay motivated. So but by doing, you know, those couple of things, Mark, that'll really take you the long way. But you just have to make sure that you know, you keep whatever you have envisioned to yourself. And then you'll be able to show people, you know, who you really are as a person.
0: Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. Is there a resource you'd like to share? And it can be anything from a podcast, book, video, film, song, something either personal or professional, but something that's, uh, yeah, had that impact that uh, kind of makes you feel like it's uh, an important part of your life.
1: Yeah, that's a wonderful question. So, and I actually looked up this one song because I wanted to make sure, like, I knew what the lyrics were. Uh, But there was one song, it's by uh, a band called Ditto, and the song is called White Flag. And I listen to that song uh, from time to time because, again, I'm a musician. I'm a clarinet player and a vocalist, and uh, I love to sing and play my instrument. But there is a set of lyrics that really made a difference in my lifetime is the lyrics to this song. And I'll just say like a simple phrase. The lyrics to the song is, you know, I will go down with this ship and I won't put my hands up and surrender. That particular part was very key and very impactful. And in addition to that, there was another lyric that said, there will be no white flag on my door. And white flag means I'm surrendering. I give up. And, you know, after hearing that, you know, I won't put my hands up to surrender and there will be no white flag on my door, That just motivated me even further to keep going after my dream and even dream even bigger as a result, because, you know, that was the motivation that I needed in order to keep going, because sometimes as you're pursuing your dreams, you can feel down. And there were times that I felt down and, you know, I wanted to give up because it wasn't happening right away and I was getting frustrated but that was the sort of motivation that I needed to just keep going. And I listen to that, you know, from time to time. And, you know, certainly, you know, every other day. And that's what keeps me going.
0: And I think having these key things, whatever that happens to be that supports you or just enables you to reset in whatever way or, or like, say, come back to what's important is uh, there. I think I think they're more powerful than you people initially think they are um, to to begin with, and, uh, and like I say, it's when you're struggling or, or when you when you need that extra bit of support, having somewhere it feels a bit sort of like home to go back to that you can keep repeating um, is yeah, it's, it's a really really important thing I think, but it's only absolutely fascinating to hear. So the acronym FIRE is really important to us here at Education on the Fire, and by that we mean feedback, inspiration. Resilience and empowerment. What is it that you that you think of when you hear those things?
1: Wow, that's that's a very good question as well. Uh, when I think of uh, hearing those particular things, it makes me think of a very impactful quote that I remember this once great individual once said, and uh, this quote was this. The quote was, was they said that a leader is not necessarily someone who does the greatest things, but a leader is someone who actually gets up and motivates and inspires others to do the great things or to do the greatest things. That quote was said by none other than a former president of the United States, Ronald Reagan. And that was a very impactful quote, you know, when I think about all of those, you know, important concepts that you said, Mark, in relation to, you know, stepping up and, you know, not feeling down, especially, that is a quote that, you know, really impacts me. And it really, you know, helps me to see that, you know, you are worthy of the true life that you are, as long as, you know, you put in the effort and you put in the work, And, you know, another quote that I think of, you know, by Nelson Mandela, he said that there is no passion to be found playing small in settling for a life that is less than the one that you are capable of living. That is another impactful quote that I think of based on your question as well. And in relation to those two quotes, that really emphasizes that you have the potential to be whatever you choose to be. And you have a set destiny where you can actually go towards your dream and really make a difference and make an impact on society because you don't want to leave this world with any regrets. So, you know, life is short. You definitely want to take advantage of the opportunities that you have here. And, you know, if you're scared about a new adventure, it's okay. But don't be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone either, which is something that I did. And that's what helped to make me stronger. And that's what helped me to become even more resilient. And if something, you know, doesn't, you know, come through right away, just keep at it. Just keep being resilient. Don't give up because that dream will definitely come true as long as you have the strength, the determination, and also the motivation and even the power inside of you, which will help drive you towards that path
0: yeah absolutely fantastic very very wise words there and i think sometimes you really need to hear those don't you like to say when you need that resilience to keep going and you're sort of looking for the goal or or the sort of the fulfillment of a particular section of your life or career or study or whatever it happens to be so yeah really 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 great advice so jason thank you so much for sharing all of this it's been absolutely fascinating hearing your story within it and and just the way that you're able to frame it for people which i think is so fascinating and but i think takes away some of the mystique about what you'd expect that to be um if you were going to be talking about sort of stem and and also in relation to nasa and and space and and all those things that we've sort of covered um so do just tell people where can they find out more how can they get involved and anything you want them to take away
1: absolutely mark so uh for any of you uh viewers that are interested in learning more about the virginia Space Flight academy what you can do is, and Mark, I did provide you uh, those links as well, so I know you'll definitely share those too. Uh, But for those viewers that are interested in checking out the Virginia Space Flight Academy, what you can do is is you can go to www.vasfa.org. Again, it's www.vasfa.org. And it will take you to a beautiful website in relation to the work that we do. So you'll be able to see all of the programs that we offer, such as our space adventure camp. And in terms of our space adventure camp, you'll be able to see descriptions about how each week of camp works and, you know, what experiences your child will get. So if you have, if you're a parent and if you have a child who is interested and fascinated by space, you know, just, get them off of social media and have them, you know, go to the Space Adventure Camp because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to be on a NASA base. So, that is definitely something for you to check out and registration for it is currently closed at the moment. However, registration does reopen back up in January of 2024 and registration goes quickly. So, once we open registration this past year, after I believe it was two or 3 days it was already 75, 80% full. So if you want to take advantage of this opportunity, once registration opens, you better take advantage of it because it goes quickly. So you can definitely check that out. You can also check out our uh, year round online STEM Academy uh, as well, where you can see all the different modules that we offer and each camper or student that enrolls in our STEM Academy will get a supply kit as well based on that module. So please definitely check that out as well. We're also looking for these following things as well. We're looking for some partners who are like-minded in STEM, who are willing to partner with the Virginia Space Flight Academy, and also SSAI in addition to that. So that way, you know, we can build a reputable STEM foundation for everyone. And then also too, you can sign up for Virginia Space Flight Academy's newsletter where you can stay up to date in relation to all of the cool events uh, that are going on. And then on top of that, too, if anybody has any questions about anything related to STEM engagement and outreach, you can feel free to send me an email at camp at All right, so that is camp, C-A-M-P at V-A-S-F-A dot org. So I am just an email away as well in case if any of you have any questions or you know might need some mentoring or some guidance in terms of your STEM career path, I'm more than willing to help out as well. But again, STEM and NASA is the place for you if you like to dream big and you are curious and you are creative, then the sky's the limit. So please don't hesitate You know, to reach out as well if you have any additional questions.
0: Fantastic. And what more could uh, you wish for than to have those opportunities and, and that offer there to sort of direct from Jason and uh, and like I say, be one click away, one email away from actually being able to, to get that sort of hands-on introduction as well. So Jason, thank you so much indeed. I really appreciate your time and, and your inspiration and your dedication to helping everybody involved.
1: Absolutely, Mark. It was a great pleasure. Thank you so much again for having me on your podcast. It was a huge honor.
0: Thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community. With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com.